0: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting.
1: Are you looking for proven ways to save money and build your wealth? Our next guest says the secret is to just keep buying. Nick Majuli is author of the book with that same title, Just Keep Buying. Nick, let's get right to it. When you say just
0: keep buying, what do you suggest we buy? I suggest people buy a diverse set of income producing assets, such as stocks, such as real estate, bonds, possibly farmland. There's a list of different assets you can have. And the reason why I don't give a specific recommendation is because there's truly a lot of ways to get rich. I think anyone who thinks that there's only one way to get rich is lying to you because there's people that got rich in real estate. There's people that got rich buying you know low cost stock index funds. There's people that got rich with farmland, etc., or owning their own business. So I think to be honest, you have to say like there's a lot of different things you can buy, but the most important part is that you're buying income-producing assets over time.
1: Now, you say that you've crunched the numbers on this. What is the data that supports this philosophy?
0: With stock data, that's probably the best data we have. It's just business data going back, you know, over a century. A uh, great book out there is called Triumph of the Optimist, but. That shows that returns in equity markets around the world have generally been positive, even after inflation for most markets most of the time. Of course, there are exceptions. There's many people like, well, what about Japan in 1989? You know, that market's technically been underwater for roughly 30 years. Or what about Greece since 08? Or, you know, there's obviously exceptions to the rule. But for the most part, most equity markets are building wealth over time. So that's true of stock funds. That's true of real estate generally builds wealth to some degree. And, you know, especially as an investment, if you're owning your own home, that's a little bit different. But yeah, I think that the data there is pretty clear when it comes to equities. And so that's kind of my main argument here is like, if you look at the data, stocks build wealth over the long run. Nick, for those who are listening and say, well, this sounds really good. What do you do if you don't have the money to invest at this moment? For a lot of people, especially younger people, this is going to be very true for those that don't really have much income. In the short run, the only thing you can really try to do is cut your spending, but I don't really like that solution because there's a lot of guilt with it. You start to get in your head a lot. The only real like, sustainable long-term way to grow your wealth is to grow your income so that you can just easily save. And I think that of all the data I've seen out there, it's the most positively correlated in the sense that those with higher incomes have higher savings rates. And that might be pretty obvious to some people, but it's not obvious to everybody. So I think the thing you have to do is find ways to grow your income. Does this philosophy
1: work for those who are older and perhaps start to see retirement over the horizon?
0: Is it still going to work for them? Well, yeah, it depends how old you are and exactly what your employment situation is. But if you haven't saved anything and let's say you're about to retire, it's going to be a little bit tougher because you don't have the time to build that wealth or save money and things like that. However, given what wealth you do have, you can then manage it properly. So I think, you know, obviously, just keep buying is going to be more useful for people who are younger, who have time to get their income right and you know, invest properly over time. But yeah, if you're approaching retirement and you haven't started, you need to start as quickly as possible.
1: One of your uh, chapters or sections is titled, Should You Ever Go Into Debt?
0: What's the answer to that one? I think it depends on what you're getting the debt for. So generally things like credit card debt are bad. Most people have heard things like this. Not always. There are cases where, you know, if you're in a tough financial situation and you need to use a credit card to get through it, I think that's completely okay. Um, As long as you're not doing it frivolously, you're doing it because you're in an emergency. And I think if that's going to help you sleep at night, you might need to do that. But yeah, I think... Going into debt, it can be a smart thing to do. It depends on what you're doing it for. Are you doing it to buy a home and you know, have a stable family life? Are you doing it to maybe you're going to take a student loan out and you're going to see your income increase? So you expect your income to increase as a result of that, right? You're going to get a technical degree, whatever it is. It depends what you're using it for. But if you're using it for the right thing, I think definitely can be very useful.
1: We're talking with Nick Majuli, author of Just Keep Buying. Nick, with money, I think one of the traps people sometimes get into is their emotions get involved. For example, they might get all excited about a new company and want to put their money there. They're not thinking totally logically. What would you say to that? Is that a problem, getting too emotional about money? Yeah, it's definitely
0: a problem for everybody. I mean, even myself as well. I think we all have biases when it comes to money and finance. And for example, I'm very biased against physical real estate because I live through the great financial crisis, saw both my parents lose homes as a result of that, saw them go underwater on their mortgages and things like that. So stuff that really just affected me. And I know I'm biased against that now. And that's just how I am. I'm now emotional about real estate in a way. And I don't own any physical real estate. I think I will eventually get some, but it's one of those things you have to figure out like, what's really causing you to do this? Why are you so excited about this company? Why are you buying it? Is it really because you want to build wealth or do you want to be a part of something Is it an identity thing? Figure that out. And figuring out why you're doing it. Because I talk about, you know, why you shouldn't buy individual stocks. But there are reasons why you can do it. If you're doing it for fun, small amount of your money, that's fine. But if you're putting a huge chunk of your cash into that, I think it can be uh, risky. One of the chapters
1: I think is an interesting
0: title, Why You Will Never
1: Feel Rich. What is that all about? And I can see that that makes sense, but
0: it's just an interesting title. Yeah, I think the issue is wealth is always relative. Even if you're successful and you see yourself like, you know, quote, leveling up or whatever you want to call it, you're moving into different social circles. And as you start to, you know, maybe you move into a better neighborhood, whatever it is, you're going to always be surrounding yourself with people who are doing better. And there's always going to be someone doing better than you. Even if you start to do better than them, there's going to be someone else. It's a never ending game. So I think it's really tough for a lot of people, especially as they gain wealth. There's a lot of people out there. I'm like, wow, you're much, much richer than me. Yet you don't feel rich at all. And that's what's shocking to me. So I think the key is to... Keep some sort of perspective on where you came from and everything so that you can not get caught up in that.
1: Is your philosophy a little bit like Warren Buffett's in terms of buying
0: and holding stock over a long term? Yeah, I would say um, just keep buying over time, obviously. And I definitely am a long term holder. And there are times when you need to sell. That's the point of money, obviously. The point of investing and doing all this is so you can sell it one day and do something with it to live the life you want to live. Right. It's not just to die the richest person in the graveyard. Right. So I think that's the key there. Yes, buying is important. Buying and hold is important, but you need to know what you're doing it for.
1: I have a friend who bought heavily into tech stocks and was at the point where he could take early retirement around the year 2000, and then the whole thing crashed. He had to go back to work. So is that sort of an exceptional situation, or can that happen to just about anybody?
0: Yeah, it can happen to anybody. I mean, the dot-com bubble was exceptional, even though I would argue that there was a slightly smaller bubble in late 2021 with stocks where everything peaked in November 2021. And since then, a lot of these big high-flying tech stocks have come down a bit. Even stocks that have done well for a long time, like Netflix, just dropped recently You know, 37% in a day. So these types of things happen. and as it starts to grow and get bigger and bigger, and if it becomes a really concentrated part of your portfolio, a big piece of your portfolio, you want to sell enough of it so that you can kind of lock in a certain level of lifestyle. So in, in the case of your friend you had... They probably should have sold not all of it, but a good chunk of it so that even if the rest went to zero or dropped as badly as it did, they would have still been OK. Maybe they would have had to have gone back to work either way, but they maybe would have been able to save a good chunk of that. So they would have to work fewer years to kind of get back to where they were.
1: Nick, as we wrap this up, do you have any words of inspiration for those who are listening who are thinking, wow, I wish I could do this, but you know, I don't have two pennies to rub together? What
0: advice would you give? Yeah, I think the thing to keep in mind is that it's a long term game. If you think you're going to get rich quick or even this book's going to get you rich quick, it's not going to work. There's no book that can actually do that unless you're lucky. If you're trying to get rich quick, the best chance you have is the lottery. And even that is not a great chance at all. Right. So I think the thing to keep in mind is this is a long term game. It's about focusing on, okay, well, if I don't have two pennies to rub together, how can I build my income in the next three to five years? I know that's a long time, but you got to start thinking about, okay, what can I start doing to make some money now? And then how can I grow that and make it into something more and go from there? And there's a lot of ways to do this with that side hustles, whether that's, you know, focusing on your main job and how you can get promoted there, whatever it is, there's no right way to do it. But I think that's the key. So get motivated enough to figure out a way to build a side income because that can actually change your life in a fundamental way and then get you to start investing.
1: The book is Just Keep Buying, Proven Ways to Save Money and Build Your Wealth. Nick Majuli is the author. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.